good morning. Moms, we love you so much. If you are here with your mom, can you do me a favor? Can you turn to mom and say, Mom, I love you. Thanks for being so awesome. There it is. There it is. Yep, there it is. Feel the love. Feel the love. Just mom, hold on to that later when they're driving you crazy. Just remember. Just remember it. But no, we're so glad you're here today. If I've never met you before, my name is Chris Massey. I'm another one of the pastors here at Family Life Church. And we believe that God has called us to bring hope for every life. And it is such a joy to be able to do that, to be able to love each other, to be family to one another, uh, to share the love of Jesus with each other. And, and I don't know, I, I really do love the opportunity that we get every week to just come together and be family to one another. Uh, the chance to hear the laughter of everybody, the conversations, and, and just the joy that fills the room when we come together. And it's really one of those things that truly glorifies Jesus. But I hope you already knew this before now. Today is Mother's Day. All right? It is Mom's Day, right? It is the one day out of the year when we remember to just stop and say, thanks, Mom, for being so awesome. And if you didn't remember that, like I said, you just did that a moment ago. But I really wanted to take some time this morning to take a look at what God says about what it means to be a virtuous and godly woman. And Luke one forty five. Uh, tells us that after God had spoken uh, to Mary that she was going to have a baby, that Jesus was going to be born, it says that blessed is the woman who trusts in the Lord. And there's no greater blessing, moms, and that's my hope for you today, is just to be able to understand that there is no greater joy, no greater hope, no greater expectation or outcome than what God can do in your life, in and through you, as you continue to trust in Him. But I wanted to take a look this morning, going back into the Old Testament in Proverbs chapter 31. And probably a, a verse you're familiar with that is uh, just the uh, virtuous woman at the end of the book of Proverbs, sayings from King Lemuel that it was taught to him from his mother. But it, this, uh, this portion that we're going to read in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, is actually a poem. Now, does anybody here read original Hebrew? Read and write Hebrew. Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, I can't either. Um, I took a little bit of it in college, and it was, it was pretty difficult. Uh, but this is an awesome poem, and there's some really cool things about it, the way that it's put together here. Um, it is an acrostic. Probably a lot of you have heard that word before. As an acrostic, there are different phrases within that are different letters of the Hebrew alphabet in order. But then it's also chiastic, which is the only one in the Bible like this, meaning it, it's kind of like an arrow. It's all pointing to this one thing, and then it kind of backs out of it, supporting, mirroring that same idea poetically as it does it. But the mirrored thought is this, leading to this one point, that King Lemuel says, my mother taught me something of value. That a man cannot be a good, godly man unless he has a good, godly, virtuous woman by his side. He says that's what every good man needs. And that's what was taught to me. And I want to focus on that this morning because that's the, the attitude of what was behind this when it was written. Is this idea that God says, I place such a high value on women of God. Women of noble character. And I wanted to be able to speak into that this morning. So here's what we're going to read, verses 25 to 29. This is what uh, King Lemuel's mom told him. This is what the virtuous woman looks like. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise unless she has teenagers. Sorry, that's, that's not in here. And she gives instruction with kindness unless she has teenagers. 
She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her, unless they're teenagers. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. And I kind of wanted to focus this morning on what, what is it that causes this virtuous and godly woman to surpass everyone else in the world? Can I just be honest with you for a second? I don't have a clue what it means to be a mom. That might shock you. I'm not a mother. The thing that I notice most in my household is that my kids want to know one thing from me. Where's mom? Right? Mom gets asked 400 questions. Dad gets one. Where's mom? Now, there's good reason for this because my, my children know dad rides the no train a lot, okay? And they might be able to convince mom, and then mom might be able to convince dad, but that no train is pretty, it's pretty good. So, but my kids are always looking at mom, but you know, I look at the pressures that mom fa- moms face in our world today. You know, even within our own cultural ideas here, we have working moms and we have stay-at-home moms. And working moms are sometimes put under the pressure where you don't do enough or spend enough time with your kids. And, and stay-at-home moms are put under the pressure of, well, what are you doing just staying at home? You ought to be working and doing it. There's just a constant pressure on moms to be something. There's a constant pressure for you to measure up to something. And, and I really wanted to spend this time this morning talking about what does the Bible say we should measure up to? What is it that God points to among godly and virtuous women and says, no, this is the measure of what it looks like to be a woman of faith. This is the measure of what it looks like to be a godly mother. It's not having it all together. Moms, can I tell you that right now? There is not a single mom that I have ever met who's just come up to me and say, you know what, in the mom game, I am killing it. (laughs) Never have I had a mother tell me that before. I've had a lot of them tell me, you know that mom game, it's killing me. But you know, measuring up is so important. And even when we look at kind of these first few verses here of what it's talking about, this idea that, oh my goodness, she's clothed in strength and dignity. I don't know about that. She laughs without fear of the future. I laugh to keep myself from crying when she speaks her words. Or I don't know if any of this stuff is me. I don't know if I measure up to this. But I want to bring just a little bit of healing to that idea that try as we may, we just sometimes feel like we don't measure up. Because God says that blessed is the woman who believes in the Lord's promise, who trusts the Lord, who fears the Lord. He's not saying, I'm going to bless women who are perfect. I'm going to bless mom who's have it all together. I'm going to bless the moms that are getting it right every single time. My blessing is on the women of God who choose to put me first in their lives. And that was what King Lemuel's mother was saying to, her, to him. Listen, son, there are a lot of things that you could go after in this world, but there's none more important than being equally yoked with a woman of godly character and you know for a lot of us I know for those of you in here men you would probably be able to say this with me and if you wouldn't say it with me you should because I'm about to say it and if you don't capitalize on it you'll be punished later your wives are a blessing to you and every man said praise the Lord good you passed the test live to die another day (laughs) our wives are a blessing to us our moms are a blessing to us and, and, you know, we're looking at this all from kind of the wrong perspective when we're looking at measuring up to what it should be. And, and you know, I, I think it's so unfair in our world today, some of the pressures that are put on moms. Not only do they have to be great moms and great workers, they've got to be, uh, they've got to look a certain way and talk a certain way and act a certain way. There's so many pressures on them. 
And God says, none of those things matter. Please stop measuring yourself against other moms and measuring yourself against cultural ideas and goals and standards, things that might be unattainable. Can I put something in your minds today that might be just an idea of something that God says? He says, this is the call for you to measure up to. This is what really matters. So the next verse, verse 30, it says here, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Listen, this is God's way of saying this is what really matters. I don't know if you are aware of this or not. You're going to get old and less good looking. (laughs) Believe it or not, I used to be quite the looker. (laughs) Everybody's like, that must have been a while ago. Yeah, I, I used to be quite the looker. I had hair and everything. I mean, it was wavy, and I just, you know, was, oh, was... no, no guapo. <laughs> but what matters? What really matters? You know, a few years ago, I, I mean, a few years ago, it was probably uh, 28 years ago, uh, I was a, a kid, and I was going to visit my grandparents. And I didn't get to see my grandparents a lot. My, my extended family all lived in the Midwest. So my dad's parents lived in St. Louis. My mom's parents lived in Kansas City. And I only got to see them like maybe once or twice a year for most of my childhood. But I remember being about my son's age. He's 11. And we were at my grandmother's house. And we're in the spare room. And I see this picture um, on the, uh, the dresser that is like one of those old-timey pictures of like a movie star. Man, you could just tell she's gorgeous and has the perfect hair and just a, a sparkle in her eye and it was like that old sapia looking and I'm like oh that is just so beautiful and I was like mom who is this movie star and my mom said that's your grandmother and I was like oh she doesn't look like that anymore <laughs> to which she gave me one of my first life lessons as a man you'd never say that <laughs> you do not tell your grandmother she doesn't look as good as she used to But you know what? I never knew my grandmother with her movie star looks. I knew her as my grandmother. The white-haired, wrinkly-faced, wonderfully beautiful woman that she was. And you know, it really speaks to me that reality that beauty is fleeting. It doesn't last forever. But I'm not moved by the remembrance of my grandmother's beauty outwardly. I'm moved by the remembrance of her inward beauty. That she loved Jesus, that she passed on a legacy. Both of my grandmothers just have such incredible legacies of living for Jesus, sometimes in really adverse situations. But you know, I got one thing from my grandmother when she passed. It was the only thing that was, was I inherited. I'm not sitting on any hopes or expectations to inherit any kind of riches, so don't be worried about my retirement anytime soon. But I got one thing from my grandmother, and it was her Bible. My grandfather, after my grandmother passed from cancer in 2011, I went to the funeral, and after the funeral's over, we went back to the house, and he said, Chris, I want you to come here. I need to give you something. He was choked up, and he said, your grandmother wanted me to make sure I gave this to you. And he handed me her Bible, and it had her handwriting in it, and the things that she had underlined, and things that she had highlighted, and it was, it was her Bible that she'd been using to do her devotions for like the last five years of her life. And it was such a treasure to me to be able to have that and to see that legacy. And, and now, I mean, I've been doing my devotions out of it for years. There are a lot of things I've underlined and things that I've written in there. You know, and I hope someday I'll pass that on to my grandchildren. But I think about that legacy and what really matters. 
Because guess what? Beauty is fleeting. It's going to go away. Charm, your ability to charm is going to go away. But Proverbs reminds us, here's what really matters. A woman who fears the Lord, who lives for the Lord, who loves the Lord, who leads her family and her community to love the Lord. This is a woman who is greatly deserving of praise. And he says to do so. In verse 31, he says this, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Her reward is Mother's Day, right? Mothers, isn't that the, it's all you're hoping for, right? If I have a good Mother's Day, that sets me up for the rest of the year. When times get tough, I'll just look back and I'll be like, you know what, but that's okay because that last Mother's Day was pretty great. I remember because they told me how awesome I was on that day when they have to. I even got a card, world's greatest mom. You know, you should hold on to those when your kids are arguing with you. Your handwriting, right here. So, no, that's not your reward. It's not your reward. God says there's a reward for women of virtue, women of godliness, mothers who have been godly and raised their children to be godly. You know, and it, and it occurs to me to look at this that, uh, you know, my wife is teaching my daughters how to be women of character. My wife is teaching my son that this is where the bar is, where the expectation is for women of character. And the reward is not Mother's Day, it's not a high five, it's not even a thank you mom, you're the best. The reward is when you get to see your children and grandchildren living for Jesus. When the character that you displayed for them throughout your lifetime, and, and don't get me wrong, I know a lot of you in here don't think you're doing that to the best of your ability. But can I tell you that God says he takes what you have put into their hearts and the way that you've lived for them and the character that you've displayed for them and the reward that you reap from that is being able to look back and to see your children and say, you know what? They are serving the Lord and that's enough for me. That's all I could have ever asked for out of life. I recently came across this thing on Facebook, so if it's a little weird, it's Facebook. But it was this reminder, and I'd never really thought of this before, but in Scripture, God deals with men and women just a little differently, all right? When God wants to meet with a man, he tells him, go climb a mountain. He did this to Elijah. He said, go climb a mountain and meet with me. He said to Abraham, go climb a mountain and offer your son as a sacrifice. He said to Moses, go climb a mountain and I'll meet you there. He said to Joshua, go climb a mountain. It's just it literally several times throughout scripture we see that God says, go climb a mountain and I'll meet you there. But the contrast to that is the way that God meets his daughters. And he says that he goes to them where they are. He goes and he sits down next to the woman at the well. He goes to the woman who has lost her son and he puts his arm around her and says, oh woman, don't cry. Your son will be raised again. He goes and meets them right where they are. And, and, and moms, I just want to tell you that today because I know that maybe in the midst of everything that you wrestle with and that you're struggling with and the, the things, the intricacies of trying to be this and be that, you know, sometimes it feels like you're just not making it. You're not cutting it. You're not accomplishing what you hope to accomplish. But God wants to meet you right where you are. God has a plan to use the character that he's instilled with you right where you are. And it's not easy. 
Can I tell you, I don't know anything about being a mother. I know what it means to be a grandson. I know what it means to be a son, to be a husband. And I look at these women who have been in my life and the godliness that they have showed to the world around them. And I see just the true testimony of what he sees and says here. That what really matters is godliness. What really matters is the beauty of Jesus. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 3, there's an instruction given to the women of the church. And it says, don't be worried about wearing the nicest clothes, ladies. Don't be worried about making sure your hair is perfect. Most of you did a great job. Don't adorn yourselves with rubies and jewelry and everything else. They said, this is what you need to do, young women. Clothe yourselves in the beauty and peace of Almighty God. Moms, can I tell you that there is never going to be anything more beautiful on you than Jesus? If you're going to try to measure up to something, to to a level of beauty, let it be the beauty of that he describes here and what God says, this is what's beautiful. This is what's beautiful. Church, this is what God has spoken. And you know what? Maybe you don't feel like you're getting it, but with the grace of God, being able to say, when I put that on, I can say, I am clothed with strength and dignity. I can laugh without fear of the future. And when I speak, my words will be wise as I give instruction with kindness. I'll carefully watch everything in my household and suffer nothing from laziness. And I believe by faith that someday my children will stand and bless me. My husband will praise me for all that I've done, for being virtuous and godly and capable because of what God's done in me. Not because I measured up to some other thing that somebody else said along the way, but because I chose to align my heart with the heart of Jesus. So moms, I want to say this this morning. I see you. I see your struggles. I see you trying to love your kids when they're making you nuts. I see you trying to love your husbands when they're making you nuts. Amen. I would have expected that from a... Yeah, okay. It's a sad reality. Husbands, we all know we're making our wives nuts and we get a little bit of joy out of it, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wives, you've probably figured that out by now. But I see you loving your kids. I see you struggling through their different walks of life. I see you struggling through the changes that they go through and being there for them emotionally when maybe you don't feel like you've got the emotions to do so. Being there mentally when you feel like maybe you're drained. I see you being there for your families and I want you to know Jesus looks good on you. It looks good on you, moms. So keep chasing after Jesus and believing in the promise that he says here. As I walk with Jesus and as I do everything I can by the grace of God, one day I will receive this reward publicly when I see my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren praising Jesus because I chose to be godly. Moms, that's the greatest thing you could ever do for your kids, for your grandkids, for your husbands, for your community, for your family, is to say, I'm going to be a woman who trusts in the Lord. 
I'm going to be a mother who fears the Lord, who adorns myself in godliness because that's what looks best in the eyes of Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for our moms. Thank you for the character that you have placed inside of them, your compassion, your mercy, your kindness. And God, I just pray grace for every one of them right now. There are so many pressures on our moms. And God, these pressures just put them into a place where day in and day out, they just don't feel like they measure up. And God, I pray that you would help them to escape this unattainable height of trying to be the perfect woman of everything else in the world that everybody says they should be, but Lord, that they would stand and compare themselves to one thing only, to being a godly, virtuous woman who has chosen to adorn themselves in godliness and in peace that only comes from you. Lord, I pray that even though they may feel that there are days when they're not doing that well, that you would just pick them up, meet them where they are, and just speak comfort into their ears and say, daughter, I see you. I'm here for you. It's going to be okay. So Lord, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for all that they have given to us. And I pray, Lord, for each mom in this room, that they would reap the reward that you spoke of here that they would be publicly praised as godly women of character as they see their children growing to serve you and to love you with all their hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that we can trust in that blessing. And we give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Moms, we love you. We see you. And we have a gift for you. Now, we actually have two gifts. One, I'll get the really good one that every mom's going to like out of the way. We have chocolate. Praise Jesus. The other one you might not be as thrilled about, but it's going to be okay. We have hired a professional photographer who would love to take a picture of your family to be able to give to you for Mother's Day. And so outside of these doors over here in our parking lot, the photographer is set up with a beautiful backdrop that you can go to and you and your kids can stand there and get a picture together and she is going to email that picture to you so that's totally yours and you can do whatever you want you can make it your facebook backdrop i want to i expect to see that all right but we want to give that to you because these are cherished moments that you will really truly miss someday and i hope that you'll capture them but Please make sure that you utilize that. Moms, you can get a piece of chocolate on the way out and those pictures are outside. But we just want to bless you. But moms, thank you. We love you and we couldn't do it without you. But Lord, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Lord, bless you. Love on